So now you're going to start counting us in, right? Do you want action? Yeah. Yeah. Five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, <laughs> seven, <laughs> six, five, four, three, two, three, two, three, two. Somebody hit her. Zero. <laughs> And that, kids, is how you get an aerospace engineering degree. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bad Gamecast. This is Jake. This is Jason. This is Elsa. And this time we played Torchlight 3. There's three of them. Why do you have to say that in such an enthusiastic tone of voice, Jake? Because this is the third best one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, having not played any of the other Torchlight games, I still believe you. <laughs> What's funny is I haven't either, and I guarantee. <laughs> having played the other two, yes. <laughs> Oof. Torchlight 3 released June 13th, 2020. Developed by... I don't... Ha- oh, there it is. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you say this. Extra? Extra? Developed by Extra Games, published by Perfect World, released on the Switch, PS4, uh, Windows, and Xbone. And I believe this one was actually a mobile game that then got uh, rebranded because it was uh, it was a different name, right? Yeah, Torchlight Frontiers. Torchlight Frontiers, which was a mobile game that then was changed to a paid release and released on other platforms. Kind of. It wasn't a mobile game. I thought it was. It was an MMO. So, like, full-on, everyone's in the fucking world. Okay. And then it changed. So, like, it didn't have, like, the traditional nonsense. So, it's a... What do you call it? What do you call Diablo games? An ARPG? (laughs) That one. Uh, But it was initially set to be a full-on MMO where you have, like, world bosses on timers. Okay. Oh, weird. Yeah. That everyone fight, like everyone can fight who's on the server. And then the only part that were ARPGs were like the dungeons where you could group up. Also, they were going to cut out levels entirely, and your level was in- going to be based on your gear alone. Ew. Yeah. Original concept for the so, game. Like, very weird. <laughs> less progression. Yeah. That, that explains a lot because um, this, this game has weird development history like even on top of that like it started as an early access free-to-play game that they wanted to transition into a full price game you know after they hit their 1.0 launch and uh apparently got review bombed for the early access nonsense and that is i think part of the reason we are playing this game today also it's a shit game but uh everybody was kind of pissed about the whole uh development decisions they decided to do with the monetization of this game and you know the cherry on top of this is that the developers would be eventually acquired by zynga prestigious developers that they are and would just give up on the game like a few months post acquisition by zynga and be like eh well there's a reason for that and it this whole thing is i'm gonna have to cover uh all right so torchlight one and two the the ones that people like were made by Runic Games. Uh, I can't remember where they came from, um, but they spun up in the 
mid 2000s and put out Torchlight in like 2009. Then they made the sequel Torchlight yep. 2. And then the uh, like creators, the heads of Tor- of Runic left. They wanted to make their own, you know, new games. So they spun up a new studio called Ektra. Okay. But Torchlight being owned by uh, Runic was still their IP. Yeah. It wasn't Ektra's IP. Runic was then bought by Perfect World Entertainment. So when they wanted to make the Torchlight Frontiers, now Torchlight 3, uh, they, they reached out to Ektra, who was like, hey, you guys, like, you made your own company, but would you work with us on a new Torchlight? And Ektra agreed. They were like, yeah, I mean, we made, you know, it was a lot of the developers from 1 and 2 who were at that new studio. So that's the whole, like, when Zynga then bought Ektra while they, Torchlight 3 was finishing up, the reason they kind of left it is because Torchlight is still Perfect World's IP. They own the game. So when Ektra was bought out by Zynga, they were just like, well, I mean, we don't own the IP, so bye, I guess. All right. Well, I guess that makes more sense then, because, like, what else has Perfect World done? Star Trek Online, Neverwinter, fucking Remnant of all things. Right. Perfect World is an MMO-focused Yeah. Uh producer that's why the original concept was to turn torchlight into an mmo which is a weird concept because it wasn't that at all but now instead we can get the mobile uh match three version that you play on facebook yes awesome see and i think that's where i thought it was like uh mobile first was because of the zynga acquisition yeah which is zynga acquiring ektra but torchlight being perfect worlds is why yeah it's mmo it's again. It's a mess of people acquiring people during development, yeah. which is that how, always ends well. Yeah, like that's that's the industry, though, right? Like, ideally, your studio always has something in development. Yes. So yeah, that's the like the game changed like designs multiple times. Uh, as Elsa said, it had the like trying to get people into the game with free to play, and then hoping to build a player base, and then charging for it later. Just a wild time. It is certainly a decision you could make. Jason touched on it. Uh, Torchlight is a third-person ARPG. So for those of you who don't know what that is, you run through dungeons and kill hordes of enemies while avoiding environmental hazards. Or if you're like me, and I'm guessing Jake or Jason, tank them with your face. Uh, Then you get to the boss at the end. You kill the boss and portal out of there. And you do that over and over and over until you're done with the game. It's not a terribly interesting concept every once in a while you get to face a bigger boss who has their own loading zone so that's not exciting <laughs> you're really selling people on this uh i think uh, jason and my strategy were uh, if you kill them before they touch you you don't have to worry about it yeah yeah like kill them in like a single attack mm-hmm. or kill them from range in my with... case both okay robot man go pew pew I guess we can talk about our individual play styles after Jason covers the super great story of this game. Oh my God, I'm excited because I didn't pay attention to the story at all. I tried and I couldn't tell you what the fuck was happening. At the end of Torchlight 2, you purge the world of darkness by placing the dragon's heart in the mechanical clockwork thingamadude. And then, uh, but sequel, the, the dragon's heart then causes corruption and darkness again. Now the world is still corrupted and you have to go 
back to the clockwork thingamadude and break the thing you left there. Um, but wouldn't that also bring back the evil that you tried to steal away? Nope. Okay. That was in the last game. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I thought that's what the Void Mother wanted. All right. Okay. You can look <laughs> at me like that and I'll shut up. <laughs> uh, and so uh, there's uh, the evil thing. It's like a obelisk with eyes. It's got three daughters. They each got tentacles. Yeah, the the Void Mother and the Tentacle Daughters. Yeah. The, the world is still facing corruption. You fight your way through and kill all the Tentacle Daughters. And then clear the world. Like, uh, me and me and Jake were playing together. And so, like, I we were just talking on Discord. And then sometimes I was playing by myself. And I was watching something. So I didn't really have that many game sounds on. And wouldn't you know it, this game doesn't have the option for subtitles. So a lot of the cutscenes just kind of happened at me. Okay, you so know, uh, I, I did my usual thing logic. and I was trying to focus on the game, right? And um, the cutscenes are all very quiet and I would have a hard time hearing over the game sounds, like the background stuff in the cutscene, what was being said. And then... Um, I'm not really sure why, as you progress through each map, through all the sections, you ended up fighting Tentacle Daughters. It was more like, um, go to area, do bullshit quests, do bullshit quests, do bullshit quests. It all just progresses you through the map because there isn't side stuff to do. Uh, and then there'd be a cutscene, and then people would talk and I couldn't hear it, and then it was a fight. And then a cutscene and people would talk and I couldn't hear it, and then I'd go to my next bullshit quest for mysterious reason that I wasn't entirely clear on. Go kill the goblin chief. You kill the goblin chief. Thanks for killing the goblin chief. Go get this dude's shit. What dude? You know the guy we just talked about. Go find his shit. Okay. It is about as exciting as Jake, you know, makes it sound. I remember turning on the sound for the cutscenes even because I was like, oh shit, there are no cut, there are no subtitles, so I gotta listen to this. And I remember the tentacle daunters want to like get a body for uh void mother or something like that i think that was the final boss of the game like give her a body to inhabit and then she inhabits the mechanical body and then you fight her and it's really easy and <laughs> that is all i remember from the story so they're like trying to bring void mother into the world and you're like yep. no because that's bad for reasons except you're not even like no you basically happen upon their plans that is true. <laughs> it's not like you're out there like, we have to stop the Void Mother and the Tentacle Daughters. You're like, I'm cleaning up these goblins. Oh, look, tentacle people. I guess I'll beat them up too. ba do 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 Right place, wrong time. Right place, right time to just, you know, save the world. <laughs> yeah. So what, um, <clears throat> you have five playable characters? Yeah, you, you get... Uh, your choice well, classes of classes and then is it relics artifacts yep relifacts uh, relifacts that could be the name of a dragon uh, that is exactly what I was thinking <laughs> I am relifacts <laughs> uh, well, okay we got you guys are fucking nerds yeah <laughs> spell sword I don't know it's they they're not a the wizard, but they're a wizard. Dusk mage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, robot. Uh, forged. Yep. Ranger. Uh, I think you mean sharpshooter. Yeah. Okay. 
Ghost. Uh, cursed captain, yeah. Pirate captain. Thank you very Yarr! much. <laughs> and the last one? <laughs> and the other one. <laughs> uh, Railmaster. Oh! Yeah. He does trains, has a big hammer. Train captain. Wait, like Choo-choo. trains? Yeah, yeah. Like are trains in the game? Does he summon trains? Don't know. Played a robot. <laughs> uh, per the website. I made a mistake being a pirate captain. Uh, a railmaster relies on their powerful train when exploring the frontier. That and a really, really big hammer. So that tells you absolutely nothing about the class. Great. Correct. <laughs> so each class has their own class skills, and then you choose a relic. There's the relic of lightning, fire, blood, ice, other. Oh, I don't have those pulled up. You're on your own. Uh, you went blood, right, Jake? Yeah, I went blood. Because I thought it'd be funny to have a robot that was powered by blood and then never use the blood skills. Although, like, they would give you health back on attacks. Uh, sorry, Elsa, go on. Yeah, no, I was a uh, pirate captain, so, like, ghost pirate, and I gave her the, like, most fucked up skull face, and then I chose fire because I wanted to be ghost rider. <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah, makes sense. Right? I was Dusk Mage. I chose fire because if you can tell me I can hurl fire at people, I'm going to do it. The only reason I didn't I, go that fire. That was a consideration that I made was that like Jason's probably going to choose fire, but I have a theme I want to go with. Um, because the, uh, the forged, you build up heat and then you have a steam gauge after you've built up heat. So you're like, uh, uh, the skills for just the forge, like balance those out. I wanted to go fire, but Jason didn't want fire. And I was like, well, I can't go fire <laughs> because like you should. Yeah, no, you should always be throwing fire. Totally. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I think it was I completely basically skipped out on the Dusk Mage skills. It also has a like the Dusk Mage has light skills and dark skills. And if you balance your light and dark casting, you once you cast enough of each spell, you enter the transit transient state and you start glowing and all your spells are more powerful and your mana regens faster. And I was like, that's cool. Anyway, fire pillars. Fire pillars for everyone. <laughs> that tracks. For the um, the pirate captain, you have a number of like uh, cannon abilities and also a number of summon abilities. It's like a summoner class. So um, basically my gameplay in for the first couple levels went me running around with my cannon. And as soon as I started getting like summon abilities, I started like summoning like cannoner dudes who were just like turrets and then also later i got like the crew the skeleton crew so like five skeleton dudes with swords and guns and stuff who ran with me and then i got a first mate that i could summon so like there were probably at any point 10 plus allies on the map for me when i was doing well please tell me with your uh, pet you also picked the summon abilities yes yes i did (laughs) absolutely because I wanted more dudes on screen. I wanted to see if I could crash this game. I couldn't, which, you know, good for Torchlight, I guess. But also, like, it made it a visual mess. And I, I just ran around in circles, like, clicking summoning abilities. I Like, in, in normal skirmishes, I did not target enemies. I just didn't bother. I was just like, and there's another dude, and there's another dude, and there's another dude. Did you play with Jason? And then just things died. Sorry? Did you play with Jason? I did not. Uh, I did not play with either of you. I played the entire game by myself, okay. which, you know, made it even more of a miserable experience because I couldn't even get like the bullshit time with my friends excuse that we always pull out. Uh, I only ask because uh, especially towards the end, 
there was so much shit going on on screen. Look at you, Flame Pillars, that it was hard to figure out what the fuck was happening <laughs> anymore. And I was just curious, like, with the, a literal army you're rolling around with, plus that hot mess, just how much of a clusterfuck it would have been. Oh, that would have been terrible. I mean, would, like, at the end when I was by myself, I couldn't see what was going on on the screen. Uh, summoning, summoning an army of... Uh, your like ghost crew sounds awesome. Uh, see, I I went robot and robot has uh, an infinite machine gun that never stops firing in his chest. So like, I just shot Amusing. dudes. <laughs> like my game, I just use gun on man. Yeah, I just use gun. So like, and like, you can't move while you're shooting it. So it was just move to spot, okay. stand, become turret. Everything dies. Step forward, become turret. Uh, the way you balance out his skills is like I had an AOE which the gun would build up the heat, the AOE would turn it to steam, and then with the steam, I had a steam-powered railgun, which just shit all over things. So, like, unless something could run up and fucking one-shot me, I was generally all right, which got to where that that did happen. I am curious about um, your, like, I don't know, gameplay experience in that I have in my notes just just the line that combat is not interesting and the idea behind that note I think is the time to kill is a little too long even if you're playing on just like normal difficulty I don't know if you guys felt the same way just the the time to drop a normal mook was just a little too long to make the gameplay not flow in a satisfying way uh, yeah, especially when you get to the end and it just feels like the enemies have way too much HP or you're just okay. not doing enough damage. Like, I, I don't know which one it is. I'm both glad and, you know, obviously sad for this game, this terrible, terrible game, that that's like a universal experience, that it wasn't just a me problem. Uh, uh, I, I do think, Elsa, we ran into a similar issue, though, where like if you're standing there letting your, your crew do uh, like murder all the dudes... My gameplay loop was get to area, stand in one spot, and then kill everything. That's not exciting, and you do so yep. much of it. Yeah, yeah, core gameplay loop is very tight and very repetitive. Yeah, it, uh, I had not quite the same experience in terms of uh, time to kill in that I just, like, obliterated everything. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, so, I kind of, I... Uh, there, there's this weird curve throughout the game as like I would go from annihilating everything to not doing enough damage to kill one boss, get new gear, annihilate everything for five more levels, yeah, and then yeah, and drop off, the, the, and then yeah, just back and forth. I, I do wonder how much of that is uh, like Torchlight specific or just the uh, issue of the genre because being an ARPG, it is very loot focused in that, you know, you're constantly turning over your items. Don't get too attached to your gear because you're going to be thrown it in the bin the next level. Yeah, which was a bit of a problem because I was so I was running a mage kind of only in name only. Uh, so I was a full pyromancer build a uh, fire mage with a great sword. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, because all of the skills do a percentage of damage based on the number of your weapon. Yeah, that's right. It took me a while to figure that out. And it made me sad because it forced me to use weapons that I didn't want to use. And great swords have the biggest number. But also the 
uh, flame artifact has a specific skill that only triggers on great swords, and it's whenever you have a t- whenever you attack, uh, your great sword explodes in an AOE. Yep, yep. I remember so, saying that. Yeah, I uh, I just. I sunk, as I said, all my points into all of the pyromancer skills. So to utilize that skill, I was like, great, I'm using a great sword. Also works out because it has the highest damage. Uh, so all my skills do the most damage. Which meant that my gameplay loop was uh, run up, summon pillars, press the button that gives me like 50% evasion, and then just spam great sword attacks as nothing can hit me and I kill everything. Which sounds neat. take the wheel. But... Um, <laughs> Also, like, you just do that enough time, like, because it doesn't change. All the enemies are so similar that it's just like, yep, press, you know, one, two, three, click on enemies, fight's over. Yay. Pick up loot that doesn't matter. Yeah. And um, Jake touched on it. I never felt like to that sameness of the game. I never felt rewarded or compelled going off the, the beaten path because you can explore the the dungeons are pseudo labyrinths like they they definitely have a point a and a point b but they have a lot of like fingers going off in different directions that you find dead ends or chests or mini bosses but because it's a loot-based arpg the stuff you're gonna find in those little pockets will become obsolete in 10 minutes so what's even the fucking point yeah so i just sprinted through the game because there was no point exploring and the, the stuff that you do to like acquire treasure chests or fight many bosses. It's the sh- same shit you've been doing this entire game. It's not like it's a reprieve. It's not like, I don't know, gunfire reborn where you have like optional dungeons that are suddenly platforming. Yeah. The sides are all just the same. And like, I don't know how many times I'd go up to a chest and be like, I could open that. And if it's a mimic, it attacks me and then I just kill the mimic or it's a chest and it gives me items. And either way, I just don't care. <laughs> I just stopped opening <laughs> wow. chests. Yeah. Uh, speaking of indifference, Jake uh, sort of inspired me to uh, start cheating. Did you guys uh, cheat to improve your abilities? Because that improved the back half of my game a little bit just because it improved my time to kill by a small amount. Uh... I just gave myself a billion skill points and said, like, I am top level at all my skills. Uh, no, no, I... I didn't. I wanted to. Uh, I think. Did I? I might have. Did I have a trainer? Practice for what this? you preach, motherfucker. Jason, did I have a trainer for this? I don't think so, because I didn't. Because I just like I found the game so easy, like, and we cleared through it together yeah. that I was just like, uh, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, like the the entire the last third of the game, I didn't do anything. I just sprinted to where it wanted me to go, like, because I there was no point interacting with anything. Oh, right. And you get to the eventual point where, like, you recognize, don't even bother fighting enemies. Yep. It's not worth it. Yeah, because you get, like, it takes so long to level up that, and uh, by that point, you have the, your skills have a max amount of points that you can dump into. And, like, once you have those, everything else you can get doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, like, the the three skills that I'm actively, like, hopping between are all fully upgraded. So anything else, I don't even know what the fuck I'm going to do with it. Who gives this shit? I mean, not that I'm against cheating, but I might have looked for a trainer, and then, like, I might have not worked. <laughs> Torchlight 3, who gives a shit? <laughs> kind of, yeah. It was like, it's whatever. It's not all bad, though. Uh, there, there, It does have something I really liked in it. Uh, before I talk about that, I want to talk about the shops, though. Uh, so, the robot, 
it's not his main weapon that does the gun damage. It's his like chest cannon. That's where all the gun damage is based off of. And I found that I could just go to the random shop dealer because, you know, they can't sell you what you want. But here's a, a roll of the dice and you might get a good one that I could take the money, which doesn't matter. Spend it all on chest pieces, pick the best one, and then like that would be leaps and bounds better than anything that I was going to pick up until like I cleared the next dungeon, went back and did that again. Uh, yeah, the last random vendor in the game has a chance to drop legendaries, I think. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize this. Okay. Yeah, I, in the short perusing of like the subreddit and some of the forums and stuff, which by the way are hilarious for Torchlight 3. Yeah, they are. Uh, because, you know, so many games you get that like loyal fan base and they'll cling to the game even as it's dying. No. Yeah, I uh, I remember I was part of the Anthem community online for a while. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Torchlight 3? No. You go on there and you see people post like, hey, should I buy this game? It's on sale. And all the replies are just like, no, what, no. Are, what are you doing? <laughs> go play a real game. Look, if you Google Torchlight Aww. 3, the first thing that comes up is, is Torchlight 3 fixed yet? <laughs> like... The community no, has no... No, and it never will be. Yeah, like, they're just like, yeah, no. And especially because, again, the developers who were brought on because they had made the first two are now gone. It's now just up to Perfect World who don't have a history with ARPGs or Torchlight. This kind of game and this specific game is not in their wheelhouse at all. It's just up to them to fix it. They're like, yeah, it's never going to happen. The the one thing I do really like about it, though, is the pet system. Because in, yeah, for an ARPG where you're getting so much loot, you have a pet, they attack, uh, you, there's a variety of pets that do a variety of different things. You can at any point just send them back to town to sell shit. That is so fucking good. Yeah, that's a feature of both one and two. Yeah, like that's a torchlight thing, not three specifically. Yeah, it's... And like, I wish more ARPGs had see, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's okay, nice but to have. What if, but what if? But what if? What if you just had a uh, vendor access while you're out in the world, like without a okay. timer? But like, the only thing I want is to sell shit, and because the vendors you can't buy direct, like you can't directly buy weapons or armor. It's all a random chance of uh, pick the one-handed weapon you want and then uh, buy it for three hundred gold, and then you get what you get. Could be good. Yeah, could yeah, be yeah. dog shit, right? They're I mean, like, um, what, what are you buying? Because you don't need to buy like potions and shit, which you can buy, but the game just dumps at you and you can only have uh, 20,000 gold at any time. Yep. Also. So like, oh, I didn't realize there was a money cap. I never yeah. got there. There is a money cap to incentivize Gross. you to buy some of those random things because again, there's actually no like use for money, which is why I was buying the chess piece to just burn through money the fuck else am i doing there had to be some sort of monetization aspect of that like in a previous design right like you know we'll make the kitties spend real money to buy loot box weapons maybe uh you know you use money to upgrade your base yeah and the base building we haven't oh, talked right. about yet by the way the there's a whole yeah. base building <laughs> yeah after you clear the first area yeah you unlock a fort and they say, hey, this fort's yours. You can redesign it and like, this This is a horrible thing. Uh, <laughs> you, you can redesign it. You can place, you've got your like uh, thing that lets you change your character's looks. I forget, transmog station. Mm -hmm. 
there's a few things that are like weirdly like kind of good slash important flat buffs that they don't really tell you about but they would be good if they got to a point where they were worthwhile yeah that's also true because three percent fire resist really ain't doing much yeah but it is just flat buffs that if you don't know they're there (laughs) okay Uh, it's where you can change your pet and then yeah you can decorate it well part of crafting new decorations is you need uh gold wood stone that kind of stuff so out in the world there are trees and rocks that you can mine gods yep i forgot about that too (laughs) and it takes so long and it's so pointless yeah 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 no like I, i i get that there are people that are super into that sort of thing but the menu is so unintuitive to try and, like, navigate through and set up your base. Your base, that it gives it to you the one time, and you don't ever have to go back to. Which is how I prefer it. Like, let's not do the Fallout 4 thing where, like, I have to make a settlement. Fuck that noise! I don't want to do that shit. But also, why bother putting it in there at all? Because it feels so bad. And, like, I don't know. I didn't bother looking up to see if, like, maybe there is some really cool shit you can do in there. That sort of base building ain't my jam. I was never going to do that anyway. And also, why am I spending all of my loot to feed it to my loot tree to only get a 5% better chance on drops? 5%! It took me hours to get that bitch fully upgraded. That's the best I get. Huh, so that's And it's not even better loot. It's just a chance to drop loot. I'm sorry, Elsa. I didn't mean to cut you off there. (laughs) No, I was just musing because I remember throwing things, sacrificing stuff to the tree god, and it, like having a progress bar is like huh this is gonna take way too long and then never coming back to it so good to know that's what it does yeah if you feed it items but, it the progress yeah. bar goes up it increases your uh, magic find mm-hmm. quote unquote if you feed it legendaries it actually levels up pretty quickly yeah it does um it caps out at plus five percent magic find now what they don't tell you from what i've seen uh, again it's uh, hard to say because there aren't like too many official pages on this stuff but from what uh, a fan page said was that the magic find actually doesn't modify the type of loot you get. So like plus 5% doesn't like mean you have 5% more chance of getting a legendary. It means you have 5% more chance of getting an item. Oh, which gross. technically means you'll get more legendaries in the fact that you'll just get more drops, but it also means you have to just sift through more things kind of, don't bother picking up whites uh, or blues at a certain point <laughs> or greens. That's just good say. life advice. Greens and blues. Don't bother right? picking up whites. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's just that thing where it's like, oh, look at this thing you can build and then sacrifice a bunch of stuff for, like, nothing. There's uh, three more. There's one that, uh, if you noticed, when you kill goblins, you get this weird little red orb. Mm -hmm. It's goblin spirit. Yeah. Uh, You can feed that into the goblin spirit shrine, which gives you fire resist. Uh, There's... (laughs) You know it smells like uh, Flamin' Hot Cheetos, too. Yes. There's the mechanical one, which is like these gears, which gives you gold find. Mm, Does it? And the other one is poison resist. Uh, it was fire resist, poison resist, and shock resist, wasn't it? Nope. It is fire resist, poison resist, and gold find. Oh, fuck. There's no flat shock resist bonus, which, you know, good game design when you have the zone of fire, the zone of poison, and the zone of electricity. Yeah. Well, it's like there's nothing to increase your uh, frost resist, and there's shit that just 
freezes you or uh, any sort of uh, flat upgrade for it, which, like, is that a thing they intended on introducing or, like, you can just go fuck yourself? Who can say? I did like the part where the fort ended up teleporting around the world because, like, after every, like, not every, but after a lot of zones, you would go to the next zone and you'd go come to the crossroads and wouldn't you know it, your fort was there, your magical teleporting fort. Yeah. So the that idea was nice and dumb. Dia was that whenever you go to a crossroads, it would theoretically uh, spawn different people's forts. Again, oh. this, this was original like design intention, and I don't know if it just doesn't work or they didn't bother implementing it. But that was the idea: was that when you go to crossroads, it would be other people's forts. Okay, and so. You could oh, just... yeah. Like, when you guys were playing together, um, did you did it populate the same fort? Like, did Jason see Jake's fort and vice versa, or...? Uh, no, I never saw Jason's. And every middle-of-the-road fort that I came to was never mine, either. It was always default starter fort. Interesting. Yeah, so as a, that was the supposed mechanic. I don't know if it just doesn't work, or they just never, like bothered with it oh okay i think at the beginning of the game when you're booting up the game you have an option to play multiplayer single player and i always because i was always just playing by myself chose single player so that's why i always saw my fort and since you guys were playing together you're playing online so you're seeing other people's forts maybe and jake was just seeing people who like were like us and just like this is stupid i'm not making a fort have this generic fort so you just saw the generic fort over and over because people don't bother to upgrade it because it's terrible maybe yeah yeah because i know uh again it's a mechanic that someone mentioned is behind the scenes if you go to someone else's fort and you sacrifice to their tree you get a uh like hour-long bonus to your magic find that is like multiple times what it normally is so, like, if you go to someone else's tree and they have it, uh, you can sacrifice, like, a legendary to get, like, plus 50% magic find for an hour. Um, if Oh, look at them fostering community. Right. That's the idea behind it. And then, like, it's not a thing. Yeah. If at any point that was an option, I would have done it. So, it's like, just this funny, like, hey, by the way, there's this secret mechanic that they don't tell you about and basically doesn't work. Neat. Speaking of, I have to go on this now while I'm thinking about it, because uh, I think it's mostly an ARPG thing, but like, man, I wish they would figure out a way to not do this. So uh, as I told Jake about this, and it explains some of the things he was experiencing and some of the stuff I was experiencing, as you level up, you get weaker. Yeah. Yep. So explain when you level up for each level, you need more armor to reach the same damage reduction that you had at lower levels. So you can watch as you level up. If you don't get new gear, your uh, damage reduction percentage from your armor will go down. Huh. So like... I did... I was a little confused about those numbers never really climbed the way I expected them to as the game went on. Yeah, it is a thing that I've seen uh, Wilson also do <laughs> where... The idea is, okay, so we want, as you level up and get better gear, the better gear needs bigger numbers to make it look and feel better. But we don't want to scale the game crazily. So what we're going to do is, as you level up, you need more armor to get to the same damage reduction. But what that means is, 
again, if you level up twice without changing gear, you are doing less damage and taking more damage for having leveled up. That sounds really dumb. I hate that as a mechanic. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. When you level up, it should feel good. It should be a fun thing. You are better now. You have more points. You do more damage. And instead, you're weaker now. Torchlight 3, you're weaker now. It just makes me think of uh, Anthem. Anthem all over again. Yeah. The numbers are made up and don't matter. (laughs) Yeah, just use the starting gun. You'll never get anything that does more damage. Hey, on like the sixth patch, they theoretically fixed that. Did they? I didn't think they did. No, no, you're right. Once the community pointed out, hey, uh, (laughs) never use anything other than your starting equipment. Also, leave your other equipment slots empty and you'll do more damage. Yeah. And they went, oh, no. (laughs) They have figured it out. I love Anthem. Such a mess. Good transition to the uh, the bug report. I caught a few bugs with enemies that were had names in all caps that were just pull from table. <laughs> I had, <laughs> which is just fucking amazing. Like as somebody who you know does some software work professionally, it's like mm, that's delicious. Uh, sometimes items were just straight up showed the wrong icon. I had like a gun that showed a great sword. I'm like. Hmm, pretty sure that's not right. Uh, There was a time when I warped away and back to a location that there were items that had like fallen through the map somehow because their names were like still sitting there in the center of my screen and no matter where I moved, they were just sitting there. So it felt like they were like at the bottom of the geometry of, you know, wherever I was running around, just, just sitting there in like the center of my screen you can't get to them it's just like there's bob's fire stick (laughs) down there in the void keeping you company (laughs) thanks man i had a little bit of enemy pop in and flicker um particularly they had some enemies that were like very large and sometimes they would be too large for the environment that they put them in and so they would sometimes just like disappear briefly and pop back so despite uh I'm sure an attempt to like fix this game as it came out through early access, it's still not uh, it, it's not polished by any means. No, and it, it's not like I I I think the most that that I noticed for me was my uh, home portal didn't work. Oh, good. It, well, so I could you know you have a personal teleport portal, and every time I would use it and then try to go back to my portal. It would just dump me at the beginning of the stage and have reset the whole stage. Oh, is it supposed to bring you back to your normal port, the portal that you took out? Yes. Because I had the same issue. Yeah, Jake, how does the portal work? Uh, so, like, I legitimately just thought you were doing it wrong because when I was playing by myself, it worked just fine. Yeah. When we were playing together, it would do the same thing to me. If I was, if if you stopped playing, my portal would work again. That's funny because I was playing solo offline and uh, it always worked how Jason described it. Yeah, that's not how it's supposed to work because that's not how it works in one or two. Like, I was like, why doesn't my return portal work? (laughs) See, I would... Good and cool game. I would have where um, the inventory I was carrying or I would sell would lag, especially when I swapped it. And I don't know, like, I never thought to check if, like, the numbers went up and it was just what was being represented never switched 
And sometimes it would take like 10 minutes or sometimes I would sell my stuff. I wouldn't pick anything up and I'd look back at my inventory and I'd still have all my shit. What, what happened? I definitely had a time where I switched equipment and then sold my inventory and then looked back and I still had all my old equipment on. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, are we ready to uh, put a bow on this? I don't think I have too much more to say about it. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll start off. This game just made me want to play Wolson, and it's not a sentence I'd ever thought I'd actually say. I miss the big stupid pauldrons and the overacting, because I could at least hear what was happening in those cutscenes, even if it was dumb as shit. I miss bad dad Wolson dad. Not enough that it actually makes me want to play Wolson, though. Don't get me wrong. If you like RPGs, you know what kind of games that you like, and you know what ain't this one. Don't play it. Yeah, basically that is like, of the bad ARPGs we've played, Wolson is so much better than this. Torchlight is just, it felt bland and uninspired at every turn. Like, they never, like they switched what type of game they were making halfway through and then just <laughs> cobbled it together. Like, it's not good. Yep. At the end of the day, I think the worst thing about Torchlight 3 is that it is boring. Jason said it a few episodes ago that for some of these games with their god-awful storylines or actually factually broken gameplay, there's a bit of anticipation to see what sort of terrible thing is coming down the pipe next because it makes for a memorable experience. That's why we like Mystery Science Theater 3000, but to be boring in generic in this way to be so utterly forgettable is a disappointing waste of time and the fact that we spent uh as of recording now 47 minutes on this is fucking fascinating is just boring and bad well jason what do we do now well now we answer letters from listeners like you and uh, so you thought, as Elsa just said, we're recording for 47 minutes. And so now the next 47 minutes are me reading this letter. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. <clears throat> Get that nice back crack. Greeting once again, friends. Part dos awaits. <clears throat> I gotta, gotta slip back into this. How do I, Jay, do I remember how this goes? No. The next port of call was the Port of Call, located in the northwest reaches of southeast Sussex. Oh, you got it. The central point of Essex, Wessex, Sussex, and Essex. <laughs> this was to be the location where I would meet with my good friend, Hetz Keeman, the renowned seaman and part-time jet ski riding, crime-fighting vigilante, the jet ski man. <laughs> but you didn't hear for that from me. Once again, I was called upon to attempt to resolve the issue of the age. You see, the port of call is entirely landlocked. Scarcely a drop of water exists in the harbor. The town's planners had been barking on the polar, banking on the polar ice caps melting within the preceding century, thus creating the greatest and most heavily trafficked port, harbor, and dock this side of the Atlantic. <laughs> Their plan naturally backfired because... Despite the ruddy good job we've done on raising sea levels, 100 miles inland and 250 meters above sea level is a lot of sea to rise. <laughs> As a result, the town sits almost abandoned. Crime is both on the rise and immediately stamped down because although it's easy to steal a boat when you can just walk up to it, it is significantly harder to sail away without water. <laughs> Hetz Keeman was at his wit's end. Coughing up to six pints of absinthe a day, a whole one more than is recommended by the finest medical minds of Britain. <laughs> Upon reaching the town, I made my way through the harbor 
town's labyrinthian streets and its myriad uh, unemployed pirates and navy men quarreling over scraps of food thrown out by the inordinate number of quirkily named artisanal fish and chip shops, all of whom barely holding business. Before long, I arrived at Mr. Keeman's submarine, the Not-A-Lot, <laughs> situated in its customary position, resting on what would have been the harbor bed, at a jaunty angle as there was no water to keep it upright, though still inexplicably covered in barnacle seaweed and the occasional octopus. <laughs> I knocked on the bulkhead, and the roof hatch of the sub opened. The fellow popped his head out and fixed me with that nauseating grin I'd come to love and loathe in equal measure. <laughs> Britannia, is that old you, old boy? he exclaimed. Indeed it is, old man, I laughed. Gosh, old friend, I wasn't expecting you for another week. Alas, old soul, my business with the Earl of Grey racked up fairly promptly, and thus I am here. Well, I can only apologize, you old salt. The place is a mess. Nonsense, you old bastard. I'm sure it's not a bother at all. Very well, you old shit. Come on in. Tea? I did as I was bade and clambered up a ladder to the roof, slipping and banging my knee once or twice as I made my way up. I see, you old fuck. Your ladder has seen better days, I said, rubbing my bruised knee. Yes, I don't go out much, and I fear I have rather let the place fall from grace somewhat. Hopefully this is about to change and be righted again, eh, you old goose? <laughs> All right, steady on. No need for the knock names and get so rude, I admonished him. Goose was a step too far. <laughs> a reproach in my tone, he hung his head. Quite right, of course. I took it too far. My apologies. Do come in. Ducking into the submarine, submarine myself following after him. <sighs> I need a drink real quick. <laughs> Hydration is important. You're doing great. Yeah, we got a little bit left here. All right. <clears throat> Inside, the place was indeed somewhat of a mess. Keeman himself had been living within it for some time, and so was well accustomed to walking on the actual floor, which was, from my perspective, the wall. Whereas I had come to cope with staggering across the left wall, vault vaulting over the many taxidermied heads of Keeman's many hunts, a lion, a gazelle, three cats, and two species of now-extinct anteater. We launched into relative silence, <laughs> contemplating the tricky challenge of acquiring one million tons of water in order for the harbor to actually be a harbor. I continued pondering as I went to and made my way back from the small guest bathroom after a jolly awkward time of having to lash myself to the toilet seat in order to carry out one's business. <laughs> I returned to the table only for Keeman to look up and call out, Careful, old chap, you've left the tap on, you'll flood the sub. <laughs> I turned to him aghast. That's it, I said, mustache all a-quiver. <laughs> what is? Seriously, please, can you turn the tap off, he replied. <laughs> we'll have the people of the town simply leave every tap in their home on, thus flooding their homes and the water will drain into the harbor, causing it to fill. By Jove, you have it, sir. Naturally, this plan worked flawlessly, and the port of call became a bustling harbor in the space of no time. The catastrophic levels of water damage sustained to people's homes was but a small price to pay. The, now, the town now st sports the oddly specific title of Britain's largest inland port that doesn't connect to the sea in any way. <laughs> 
I was paid handsomely in handshakes, backslaps, and face punches from people whose possessions had been ruined by my plan and went on my merry way. Warmest be regards, Lord Resolute Hercules Temperance Britannia. That's incredible. So you for those of you who are, I don't know, new to the podcast, sorry that just happened. Uh... You can find part one of Lord Britannia's adventures uh, in an episode. Look, all, all I want is that <laughs> if anybody ever animates parts of our podcast, that it's just letters from Britannia. <laughs> that would be ideal. I'm wondering, Jason, are you just like reading like the first chapter of this dude's book? Is that what I should be doing to promo my shit? Just sending you the first couple of chapters to read as guest letters? <laughs> I mean, it's big brain strategy right there. That is some big brain strats, but I don't think so. I think this is just, I mean, I, I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> Mr. Brett's pumping this one out for funsies. Yeah, this is exclusive. Ah, ah, Gone Britannia, my, my bad. <laughs> He has the title and deserves to be called as such. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, How do you even follow that up? You don't. Um, so if you have any questions, comments, concerns, things you want me to read, as you can tell, I'll read just about anything. Uh, email thebadgamecast at gmail.com. If you want to contact us anywhere else, uh, it's the Bad Gamecast on all the social medias. Uh, Twitch... We stream Monday through Thursday, Twitter, uh, we've got a subreddit and a Discord if you want to be in those. I'm forgetting stuff. There's a YouTube channel. Twitter. And Twitter. You know, social media. The Bad Gamecast. That's it. And Patreon, I guess, if you <laughs> actually want to support us. Yes, to all of our Patreon supporters, thank you very much. You guys are the fucking bestest. You guys suck. Thought I'd change it up this time. Uh, well, I don't have everything to plug, so you can find me on Twitter at Jake Prey, I guess, besides that. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Freya Faust. It's my pen name. I'm an author who does sometimes word things. Word things sometimes okay. <laughs> have a novel out. Have two novels out. Uh, you can find them on Amazon. Uh, they're called The Burke Misadventures, Stray Dogs and Guard Dogs. You can get them as uh, ebooks. You can get them as paperbacks. You can get them as part of Kindle Unlimited if you're part of that weird, like, Kindle Unlimited thing. The first book is an audiobook. And since you're listening to this as an audio medium, head on over to Audible and pick up a copy of Stray Dogs. Those people who are way better at voice acting than, like, me, who's stumbling over her words right now. Hmm. Uh, well, for the bad game cast, I've been a blood filled robot. I'm Jason or something. And you best start believing in ghost stories, because you're in one. <laughs> Good night, everybody! Had to not just go yar right there. Yar! There it is. And that's a stinger. <laughs> Efficiency. Yeah, My well. My name is Jason. <laughs>